Good morning. Today is Friday, May 14th, 2021. In the United States, John Doe is a placeholder name for a person whose identity is either unknown or wishes to remain anonymous. And that name, John Doe, the usage of that name for this purpose, to stand for somebody else's name where you don't want to mention their real name, that actually comes from a court case in England in the 14th century, where it was used to refer to an anonymous defendant. And that became a famous case and an often quoted case. And that name, John Doe, has been used ever since. Ever since. Every country has its own version of a placeholder name. So, for example, in Spanish-speaking countries, the name is Juan Perez. In Canada, it may be Joe Blow or J. Raymond. Those are names that are used that it's not the real name. It is a placeholder name. It refers to somebody else. And there's some, run, some reason we don't want to use the actual name. The oldest placeholder name the original <clears throat> is from the book of Ruth. And the name that is used is Plony. Now we've been talking about Plony several times over the last couple of weeks because Plony is the, the brother of Elimelech, the uncle of Boaz. And when Boaz is considering fulfilling the mitzvah, of Geulas Karka redeeming the fields, that means he's going to buy back the fields that used to belong to Naomi but were sold off when she became impoverished. He's going to buy them back from the current owners and return them to her ownership so that she'll be able to support herself, which is an amazing, tremendous mitzvah of Geulas Karka, redemption of land. He's not the closest relative because he is a nephew of Elimelech, who originally owned the fields. The closest relative is his uncle, Elimelech's brother, who is called Plony. <clears throat> and for all time, throughout Jewish literature, throughout the Talmud, rabbinic literature, any time we need a placeholder name, we refer to person as Plony. So what Plony really means is like so-and-so. Or the same as saying John Doe. So I want to share with you an insight that I heard many years ago from Rabbi Yisachar Frand. Who asked a simple question. We know his name. His name is Tov. It's given to us other places in the Torah, in, in, in the books of the prophets. He's the brother of Elimelech. Elimelech had a brother named Tov. He had another brother named Salmon. Salmon was the father of Boaz. We know the genealogy. We know who it is. So if we, if we know that his name is Tov, which by the way is a nice name, it means good. Why, uh, why are we using this placeholder name when we actually know his name? So remember, we discussed this last night in our class on uh, the book of Ruth, where 
Boaz has this opportunity to fulfill this fantastic mitzvah of redemption to return the fields to Naomi, but he's not the first relative. He's not the closest relative. So he goes to Ploni and he, and he sits with Ploni in front of witnesses and he says to Ploni, Ploni, would you be willing to do this for Naomi, to buy back the fields and return it to her possession? It's a tremendous mitzvah. After the back and forth, uh, remember from what we discussed last night, first Ploni says yes, but then he says no. He says no, no thank you. He declines. He declines. And because he declined to do that mitzvah, we do not refer to him by his name. We refer to him Ploni, placeholder name, John Doe. Because to use his name would be Lashon Hara, speaking negatively about another person where there is no toelis, there's no positive purpose. Remember, to say something that's true, but it's negative about another person is prohibited, unless there is some constructive purpose or positive purpose for saying it. If we would actually need to know his name for some element of the story, then the Torah would have told us. The Torah does mention the names of not good people when it's important for us to know us. But here, we don't need to know what his actual name is. We just need to know what he did and what he did not do. And by the way, this is a really important principle. We should never speak negatively about another person, even when it's true, unless there is some overriding, constructive, positive purpose for doing so, to save someone from harm, to learn a certain lesson, whatever it is. Okay, but here's the problem. What did he do wrong? He wasn't a Russia, a wicked person, God forbid. He didn't do anything wrong. He didn't commit a sin. He was given the opportunity to do a mitzvah and he declined the opportunity. And for that, we can't even use his name. For that, he's considered so um, diminished that even mentioning his name would be Lashon Harab, but he didn't do anything wrong. My grandfather used to tell the story of the man who developed a new soft drink. And it was a great soft drink, but he was trying to come up with the perfect name. And it just, it wasn't working well. He named the soft drink Four Up, but it just didn't work. And then he decided, no, Five Up. It wasn't going. And then he thought maybe Six Up, but it, it wasn't popular. So he tried three times and he gave up and he finished. He left the project until the next person came along and said Seven Up. That's it, seven up. Some people just, they don't stick with doing the right thing. This is not actually a punishment per se that we refer to Plony with this placeholder name, but 
he was timid. He lacked courage. He lacked boldness. Consequently, he fell to anonymity. He had the opportunity to do something magnificent, and he said, I'll pass. Contrast that to Boaz. The word, the name Boaz, Boaz, strength is coming. Remember, this idea of redeeming the fields was not his mitzvah, Boaz, because he was not the closest relative. But when it became even a possibility, he jumped at it and he pursued it. And as soon as it was clear that, that Plony was not going to do it, he fulfilled the mitzvah. That is the goal. That's the role model that we're looking for. Not Plony who, no, you did not do a sin. But you could have done this mitzvah and you didn't do it. This is a fundamental lesson about Shavuos and it's another reason that we read the book of Ruth on Shavuos because what we find in the book of Ruth is not just about performing mitzvahs and we've been discussing this now for the last number of weeks. All of the different Torah commandments that are actually underlying the entire narrative. But as we pointed out several times, it's not just about doing mitzvahs. It's not just about observing commandments. It's about loving mitzvahs. It's about running to do a mitzvah. It's about the understanding that God himself will be pleased with this little action of mine. God cares about it and sees it and is happy with it. And the opposite. When a person could do a mitzvah. No, thank you. I'll pass. It's not a sin. But such a lost opportunity, such a lack of sensitivity and appreciation for the value and the beauty of every mitzvah and the benefit of the intimacy with God that comes from every commandment. When we read Rus on Shavuos, we are meant to contrast these two men, Boaz and Plony. And to consider why wasn't one even called by his name. And to commit ourselves on Shavuos to our own personal Kabbalah HaTorah, receiving the Torah, embracing the Torah, having a love and enthusiasm for coming closer to God by recognizing all that we gain from it just like Boaz, not like Plony. I want to share a story. This is a story. It was told often in the family of the Briskarov. Perhaps it's apocryphal, but this is the story. The Vilnagon, the great, great scholar in Europe, at the end of the 1700s, Rabbi Elio of Vilna, the Vilna Gon, he had a wife, 
I'm sorry to say I do not know the name of his wife. Perhaps someone else does. If you know, please let me know. But he had a wife. His wife was a tzaddikis. She was a wonderful, wonderful person. She devoted her life not only to supporting her husband, her family, but to helping others. That's how she spent her time. She had a friend. And she and this other woman in Vilna, that's where they lived, Vilna Gon, she and this other woman used to go from door to door in their neighborhood to visit people in need. People that didn't have enough food, they would find a way to bring it. People that were lonely, they would visit with them. That's how they spent a large amount of their time. They had a deal between the two of them. And the deal was, whoever died first would come back to the other in a dream to tell the woman who was still alive what's going on up there. What actually happens when a person passes away? What's, what is it like? So they had this deal, close friends. As it happened, in the fullness of time, the friend of Mrs. Vilnagon, the friend passed away. And true to her word, a few days later, she appeared in a dream to her friend, the wife of the Vilna Gon. And she said to her as follows. She said to her, the first thing I have to tell you is when you get to Shemayim, when you come to heaven, there is a rule. We are not allowed to reveal to anyone on earth what it is that happens here in heaven. So I'm sorry, but that's the rule. That's the first thing. However, she says, I was given permission to share one brief thing. And this is what she says in the dream to the wife of the Vilnago. She says, do you remember a time you and I were walking down the street? We were knocking on people's doors to visit them, to see how they were, to see if they needed anything, to see if they, we could cheer them up somehow. And do you remember we knocked on the door of a house and no one answered? And okay, no one answered and we kept going. And just a few seconds later, we saw the woman who lived in that house. She wasn't at home. She was outside. We saw her on the other side of the street, walking down the other side of the street. And remember, you pointed her out to me. You said, oh, there's the woman. Let's go over and speak to her and encourage her and help her. Do you remember that? And she, the wife of the Vilnagon in her dream says, yes, yes, I, re I remember. I remember that incident. So the friend who is in heaven now says, all I can tell you is that because you pointed your finger and said, let's go talk to her over there, you will receive a larger reward than me in the world to come. Just for that one The Book of Ruth and the holiday of Shavuos should inspire us to look for those opportunities, to look for the benefits and the beauty and the intimacy 
every single mitzvah can bring to us. And to understand that we have not just received the commandments from God on Shavuos, but we embrace them. We recognize how beautiful they are in our lives. Not like Plony, but like Boaz and Ruth and the entire Jewish people standing at Sinai. My friends, I want to wish you a great day and a beautiful Shabbos. We continue to pray for peace in Israel and protection of our brave young men and women who are serving to defend us. And I wish you Chag Sameach, a joyous Yom Tov, where we can receive the Torah again, each one of us individually, with this sensitivity and appreciation for the beauty that every mitzvah will bring to us. Thank you very much. Have a great day.